Welcome to Gardens and Plants, a bi-weekly podcast about plants and gardening in the Washington, D.C. metro area. I'm Peggy Riccio, a horticulturist in Northern Virginia. My website, pegplant.com, is an online resource for gardeners in the D.C. metro area. I publish a free monthly gardening newsletter called Peg's Plants Post. And my name is Terry Spate, owner, cottageinthecourt.com a website and blog where I share all things beautiful in the garden from the places I visit, highlighting my favorite plants, books I'm reading, and more. I live in Central Maryland. Today's sponsor is John McGee. If you're looking for someone to guide you to a more natural landscape, Check out johnmcgee.com. So, Terry, what's going on in your garden? Well, Peggy, last Saturday morning, there was an announcer in my garden. And I was like, what is that noise? He said, let the show begin. And when I went to look out the window, my hydrangeas, they were in full bloom. It was absolutely amazing, Peggy. All colors, shapes, sizes. It was just wonderful. And the show is not finished yet. Another guest in my garden that was just showing off was Spiderwork, also known as Widow's Tears. I honestly don't remember planting it where it's showing up, but that's okay. It is rising to the occasion and blooming prolifically. Other than that, after all, hydrangeas, what more could anyone ask for? My herbs are flowing. Um, Oh, one more thing. There is a blue salvia. It was a trial plant from last year. And like most perennials, the first year, it kind of slept. The second year, it creeped. Well, I think it forgot that it was supposed to show off next year because this year, it is blooming its head off. Absolutely stunning with the backdrop of coral roses. What's going on in your garden, Peggy? Well, you know, mine is more of a vegetable garden. So I have a lot of snap peas, magnolia blossoms from Renee's garden and snack hero. And the snack hero is a very short plant, only about two to three feet tall. So it could be a container plant, but I have it in the ground. It's an All-American selection winner and it's producing a lot of snap peas. The magnolia blossom is really tall. I have to stake it, but it does have really pretty purple flowers. So we're harvesting the snap peas, and I sowed tatsoi, which I think is how you pronounce it, but I heard that it's easier to grow than spinach in the heat. So it popped up immediately, and it's growing really fast, and I'm going to start growing it as a green, like uh, for lettuce, uh, for salads. And we planted the beans and cucumbers. The pumpkin's doing really well. The melon's finally starting to grow. The potatoes are doing really well. Um, picking the mint for tea. 
picked the chive flowers and made vinegar and cut the chervil to make vinegar, starting more cilantro and scallions. And in terms of flowers, I started a lot of zinnias. I haven't bloomed yet, but I did sow a lot of seeds. Mm -hmm. And I have cone flowers, catmint, yarrow, um, French marigolds. Uh, I have mums, and so I cut them back to encourage more bushiness and so that they would flower in the fall. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I am doing. I'm starting to cut back the things that have already bloomed, that bloomed in the spring, cutting back so I can get another um, more blooms in the summertime. Okay, Peggy. So that's chervil. How does that tea taste? Well, the chervil is actually used in French cooking quite a bit. It's a combination of parsley and licorice. And um, so usually you don't use it in a tea. You use it in a, um, if you were cooking seafood, you might mix it up with butter and put it on fish. And then I also put it on eggs uh, when I made my scrambled eggs. Hmm. I bet that's a different taste. And you mentioned cutting things back. I put Uh, cosmos behind my baptisia because sometimes cosmos has a tendency to lean into things Mm -hmm. but the baptisia helps it stay up that's true that's a good idea that's a good idea i have baptisia which are large bushes right now and i had to cut back all the flowering stalks because they had already developed all the pods and i didn't want that to happen so um, but that's a good idea of using one plant to prop up another plant. Yeah, yeah. And your mums, my dad used to uh, take the mum cuttings. Mm-hmm. He would dig a little hole in the ground with his spade, put water in it, stick those cuttings in. And that's why all four of us have mums today. That's a great story. That's like a pass along plant or a heritage yes. plant. That's yes. great. Yes. Although we, we're okay with moms, but there's so many other perennials. But in honor of, in honor of my dad, all of us have moms. <laughs> so Peggy, have you been anywhere lately? You know, I haven't been able to get uh, to someplace in the past two weeks. But you know what occurred to me is that um, because many events have been canceled, it kind of frees you up to go to places on the weekend. So I've developed a bucket list. I'm thinking, you know, this is the summer where I'm going to go to places on the weekend. And um, because usually the weekend would be consumed by going to a workshop or a lecture or a plant sale or something like that. So I'm starting my bucket list for me and my family. It's not just me. But of course, for me, it's mostly gardens. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) After all, what else is there? (laughs) I know. But for my family, it's like, oh, mom. So I thought one thing I could take them to is Glenstone. They've never been to Glenstone and they would like that. Yeah. Yes. You know, I don't know if it's still going on. At one point, if you took the ride on bus to Glenstone, um, you didn't have to. Uh, worry about getting a reservation now that might have changed because of covid but it's worth going on their website and checking out Mm -hmm. speaking of which you know what just opened up is the national arboretum i just read about that today yes yeah it's only going to be open certain days certain hours and all that stuff but still progress i'm telling you there's light at the end of the tunnel oh yeah oh yeah and It also is the perfect time to go to places that you've never been before. Mm -hmm. Like uh, 
the Helen Taws Garden in Annapolis near the Academy. You don't really hear many, many people talking about it, but it's a beautiful garden. Take it from me. None of the buildings are open. None of the educational opportunities are taking place. But to walk the grounds from sunup to sundown, it's open. So that's one place um, that I snuck into. And Surrey Brook in Middleton, that's mm-hmm. another place. While they're limiting the number of people in their greenhouses, but what a beautiful drive, a beautiful setting and a great way to support a local garden. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know what? We have an email box. It's called gardens and plants podcast at gmail.com. And we're starting to get emails and people are asking gardening questions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this week, a listener asked what the term deadheading meant. Well, deadheading to cut off the finished bloom usually at a joint or where the two leaves meet and sometimes that will encourage reblooming now what is your definition of deadheading peggy off with their heads no i'm just kidding <laughs> so when a flower yeah when a flower has blossomed and it's past its prime you want to cut it off with your snips because you want to first of all get rid of that unsightly mess but uh, you also want to encourage more blooms so the plant will be encouraged to have more flowers and deadheading is something that usually you do throughout the summer and then if it's not diseased you could put it in the compost pile right and what a great way to continue visiting your garden right Right, right. It's a maintenance thing. So if you're new to gardening, it's going to be a maintenance chore. But it, it's great because, you know, you're in the garden and you're looking at things and you're enjoying the garden. Too cool. Well, I'm glad the questions are beginning to roll in. Yeah, it's great. Can you read that uh, email again, Peggy? It's gardensinplantspodcast at gmail.com. And it's in our show notes. Okay, great. Great. So, Peggy, what's up next? What are you listening to? I know you've always got your ear on the educational front. Well, I'm really excited because the Mother Earth News Fair, I've never been there before, but they have they are in this area in the summertime, and I've never been in person, and now it's going to be virtual. And it's actually quite a deal. It's actually quite a deal. I registered. It starts June the 20th. So just Google Mother Earth News Fairs. And, um, and of course, you know, I'm in Alexandria. So River Farm, home to the American Horticulture Society, is going to be opening up again. So I'm excited about that. And Green Springs, which is in Alexandria, they, um, the grounds have been open. And it's a beautiful place to go. But, and they have a little plant shop in the back. And now they're selling plants from their plant shop online. And those are good deals, too. You should go check them out. Mm. All right. So if they're doing selling them from the back, we can just go online and pick out what we want? They have a list of plants online. And then, of course, you know, they'll bring them to your car. But in normal circumstances, um, you can become a member of Friends of Green Springs and get a discount or you just go regularly but the deals are really good and they're propagating from plants that they have so they it's not like they bought them 
wholesale and then bringing them in and they're not really trying to make much of a markup. So it's a really good deal. Good. One, another way to support local. Right. It is. It's a great way to support local. And the other thing is um, I have not been to this before in person, but the 2020 sustainable garden tour in Virginia is going to be virtual now. So that's something to check out is the Northern Virginia Soil and Water Conservation District will partner with the Fairfax Food Council Urban Agriculture Working Group to highlight front yard gardens and edible landscapes. And this is all virtual. So just go to the Northern Virginia Soil and Water Conservation District Mm -hmm. and go to their website and check it out. So that would be interesting. There's so much virtual stuff now. It's just great. Yeah, and and that way you you stay in touch with gardening as a whole and virtual experiences are great for new gardeners as well as seasoned gardeners. It's a win-win. So, what are you watching online now? Are you watching are you going to any places online or watching anything online? Well, I was in England this morning, but I'll <laughs> Well, you know that that virtual Chelsea show is still available on YouTube. I know. That's what I'm watching, Peggy, because I just can't get enough. I I have a list of plants that I need. How I'm going to get them, I don't know. But there were plants that were featured at Chelsea. And, I mean, it's just amazing the things that they can grow in England. And they eventually make their way stateside sometimes. But just immersing myself in an English garden is just a dream come true. When I went to the Physic Garden last year in London, even though it's small, I could have stayed there for two days. So pretty much everything that I'm watching online has to do with English gardens, visiting England, Rick Steves, England. (laughs) And you were there last summer. Right, yes, you, yeah. but just England, or both Paris and both, or just England. Um, both, because I couldn't do one without the other. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many gardens in Paris. Um, I probably will always try to go to Paris at least once a year, but England has opened up a whole new world. Right now, my focus is on the Sussex area and Mm -hmm. south of England because it's different than what I saw at David Austin Rose Garden um, and what I'm I'm guessing is called Central London. The gardens in London were fantastic. Um, I even went to Kiswick, which was amazing. But if you go online and think of places that you've dreamt about, and visit them online. It will encourage you to maybe not buy that extra pair of summer sandals and put that money towards travel. Maybe just buy, okay, I'm really struggling here, two perennials and divide one to make three. <laughs> it's a, I can justify not buying shoes, even though I'm a shoeaholic. Justify not buying three of a perennial. Mm, But when I think about the places I could go, if I save that money for garden travel, (laughs) 
it becomes easier all the time. So, right. Yeah. England is a place to visit as well as Paris and Italy as well, but haven't got there yet, but I'm heading that way. Well, speaking of travel in America, there's the Garden Bloggers Fling. Yes. And that's going to be in Madison, Wisconsin next year. You betcha. We didn't make it this year because of the COVID experience, but next year we're going to turn it up in Madison, Wisconsin. And just so our listeners know that anybody who has a blog can go to the Garden Bloggers Fling, and it's in a different city every year, usually in the summertime. And it's just uh, for several days where you just go and see beautiful gardens that are could be private gardens or public gardens. And it really is a blast. It really is. Yeah. And you can, it's, it's really mixed up and it's a great way to, um, fellowship with other garden writers, garden bloggers, not only that are here in the United States, but some that are even across the pond. So the garden bloggers fling, you must have had a blog for at least six months, an active blog, and you have to listen for the registration because it is limited. So when they announce (laughs) that it's time to register, you want to have your money ready and bam, Hit it hard. Yeah. Yeah. They have a Facebook page and um, you don't have to be a professional blogger or communicator. You could just be, you know, writing about your zinnias, you know, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And, but it is, it is a blast. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the garden bloggers fling. um, I have very deep friendships with everyone that is a member of that. And it's just because of when we hosted here in Washington, D.C. in 2017, those friendships were seeds at that time. They have now grown into a full-fledged garden of people that are like-minded. It's amazing. Is there any place, um, do you have a bucket list or any place you want to go to locally this summer? Okay, local... In the Washington, D.C. metro area? Well, the Taws Garden, I went there the other day. Right, um, but in the, for the summer, anything that you've heard about that you want to go see? Well, I'm itching to go to Chanticleer. But oh, yes. You know, it's well, that's close. I mean, that, but yeah, but still, that that's a bucket list item. You know, that's that's on the list of things to do in one's lifetime. Yes. Because once you've been to Chanticleer, you could not imagine never going back there again. I miss spring, but I want to see summer evolve. I want to see autumn come in, and I want to close it down. So, yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, (laughs) I've never been there, but I want to go too. Oh, yeah. And there's other parts of the Brandywine Valley Uh, that are worth visiting, and then also places in Virginia. Uh, I'd love to go to the Ann Spencer uh, Home and Garden. Oh, yeah. I've heard about it, but I've never been there. See, and it's a little uh, garden and home, but there's so much history behind it. So, you know, Peggy, that's worth what we can do. Let's make a list of local, underknown gardens that can be visited 
And let's profile one every time we come together so it will inspire others to explore places they may not have been before. That's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. And it'll be like all within a day, you know. Yeah, actually, just... yeah, and there's actually quite a few down in Richmond that I know of. That, that would be a good idea. Yeah. If you go to Richmond, there's so many places you can stop and get a bite to eat as well. Right. Uh, so we'll make a day tripping uh, focus. All right. So we'll pick one for the next time. And our next broadcast is going to be on June the 22nd. Um, let's see. So I guess that's it. So we broadcast every two weeks. Gardens and Plants is um, a podcast that is done by professional garden communicators. And we share what is happening in the D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia and Maryland suburbs. Visit our websites for more detailed information at pegplant.com and cottageinthecourt.com. We're also very active on social media. You can find me at Peg Plant and Terry at Cottage in the Court. Both of us have links to this episode on our websites. Our podcast is available on nine platforms now. We just added Stitcher. And then there's Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Overcast. Remember to email questions and comments to Gardens in plants podcast at gmail.com goodbye for now and remember there's always something happening in the garden bye Peggy. bye bye